Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Jillian Keenan and you're listening to Why Are People Into That? Welcome to the first episode of the second season of Why Are People Into That? An independent podcast for expanding your sexual imagination. I'm your host, Tina Horn, and I'm proud to announce that the voluptuous jam discoing its way into your skin-tight pants as we speak is our season two theme song, Attitude by my very good friends Pine from Oakland, California. Today's guest, Reed Mahalko, would be the first to tell you he is a world-class, grade-A slut. In fact, I would say our entire friendship is based on being sluts of epic proportions. I always feel so refreshed by Reed's perspectives on polyamory, and he's truly at his best when he's hot and naked and wet. So, I persuaded him to podcast with me in the bath. Whether this episode inspires you to be very bad or very good, Sex Positive Sex Toy Shop Smitten Kitten has got everything you need to put your plans into action. They put the pro in promiscuous, and they are the exclusive sponsors of this podcast. Visit smittenkittenonline.com to find everything you need to be exactly the kind of slut you want to be. So get out your little black book and practice your safer sex elevator speech for why are people into sluts? It's nice to be uh, coming at our audience live from this bathtub, watching the sweat drip down your brow. It's like we're like in a steam bath when we're spitzing. Uh huh. And we're like, oh, 
did so good. Yeah, it's good for you. Yes. Sweating is good. You gotta kill the toxins. Exactly. Sweat it out. <laughs> um, well, Podcasting under any condition. That's that's right. Yeah, you know, in war zones and in bathtubs. In bathtubs and, in Oakland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, uh, I am really fucking glad to be in this bath. Um, and I'm really fucking glad to be in a bath with you. I'm glad that we're... Um, podcasting in general and podcasting in this bath mm-hmm. um, and today we're going to talk about why are people into sluts and I think part of that reason is that I would say that we know each other because we're both giant sluts. Would you say that's accurate? We, I, we became friends and, and as we share this intellectual mikvah <laughs> here with our lavender You're doing great. You're doing great. And our Epsom salts. Oh it is lavender. That's, yeah that's why I feel so Relaxed. Yeah, revitalized. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, we became friends, I mean, for lots of different reasons. But I, um, we met, if I recall correctly, at the Center for Sex and Culture's Master Betathon. That's correct. That's correct. So many years ago. It was quite a, quite a few years ago. When I was still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and hadn't, and was switching from being the, one of the founders of Color Party to, into sex and relationship specific education yeah and so that's what you do now you're like sex educator extraordinaire yeah consultant to the stars i'm sure you can't talk about that but yes um condolences to the stars stars. um and i got a huge crush on you brain wise because i'm a sapiosexual as well as a slut correct Um, yeah i like my my slutty slutty brain sex um, was another, it just my brain? Well, you gave me a bunch of your zines. <laughs> yes, I did. And then I sat in this very tub. Oh my god! Reading them, full circle, developing a bringing this it all kind back of home. Full, this kind of full, I should have brought out the zines. I had them upstairs in my office. Um, I kept them. That's weird. Um, That's no. I'm very flattered. This is like if, if I had a time machine, I would go back in seventh grade and find myself and be like, dude, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Some chick is gonna give you her zines, and you'll and take a then... bath with her. Well, we've done a lot of other things between then and and now as well. Um, uh, Slutty, slutty things, sapiosexually slutty, Mm -hmm. and otherwise. I'm afraid that your ear cord is dipping into the water. I don't want you to shock us both. This is the podcast where we died. (laughs) Listen, if I gotta go down, (laughs) this is the way to go. Podcasting in a bathtub. With Reed Mahalko. Yes, so Um, we became friends because of, uh, well, I don't know if your crush on me was mutual, but I... Developed a huge crush on you. I was and just then, using you, which is totally tub. fine. Yeah, totally fine. Um, you wouldn't be the first. And then, what was the next time we hung out? We was it? I don't fucking know. We became friends through slutty channels, and then yeah. we had. There's a body story about the great queer orgy that happened at, at AVN that I passed out in the middle of. Oh, uh, yes. So that there's was lots of, the, of documented... The great, one of the great orgies of my, of my time. Yeah, Actually, and I I'm was just, passed yeah. out. Well, not for the whole thing, Reed. For a, a good, just as things... I were saw you re- do some things. <laughs> just Well, but just as things were really starting to get revved up, I became an island that people had sex on. It was, you know what, that's... we. Everybody needs an island unto themselves. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense, but I have an excuse of, of being in a in a really hot tub and all the all of my I'm just engorged with blood and heat and um, so anyway that orgy mm-hmm. was really I think to this day one of the best no 
absolutely the best uh, group sex, sex experience that I've ever um, been a part of. Because for me, as a queer slut, it's really nice to have cis and trans people and, you know, uh, people who are coming, you know, kinky people and yeah. vanilla people and um, all, all just all kinds of diversities and different kinds mm -hmm. of bodies like across the board and um, everybody just, you know, joining together at Solidarity. Planet Hollywood, California King. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was it was a political. Um, it was really like a sit-in. It was a slut-in. It was a slut-in. It was a very good an slut out, in. an in, an, an out. out. And, and what was fun about it for me is I, as much as I traverse lots of different areas of the sex education world and mm. the adult industry, and also like working with what I call, you know, lovingly muggles, right. like non-sex educators or non-sex geeks. Um, yeah, sure. You know, what was really fun for me about that orgy was, one, the celebratory nature of it. It like was you guys, so celebratory. You guys were celebrating a lot of award yeah. wins and camaraderie and your community becoming more popular and more, not standardized, but like more known mm -hmm. in, in an industry that wasn't really known. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, mainstream-wise for queer porn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was also really fun for me to throw down with a bunch of people who really had their their slut protocols handled. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, it was kind of like black belt night. And, you know, it's different when, as somebody who used to be a martial artist, when you're an instructor, breaking another instructor's nose <sighs> is very different than breaking a white belt's nose. Mm -hmm. And so being able to play, not to use violent metaphors, but... Being able to throw down and just really play mm -hmm, hard mm -hmm, with mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. um, as much as I, I actually did break someone's nose that night with did my thighs. No, I oh, didn't. Okay. No, but I, I was gonna be like, oh my god, I was passed out for that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was your nose. And then we we reset, uh, we reset it. it. Yeah, what happens in that Vegas? You know what they explains say. Explains a lot. Yeah. Thank you for making my nose better. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've been snoring ever since. It's, so. it's but the apnea is gone. <laughs> No, I can you talk so can you talk a little bit about what you mean by slut protocol? Sure. Because I think I know what you mean, but I'm I'm, yeah. I'm curious. So so as a geek, as somebody who and for people who are, you know, just tuning in, you can go to readaboutsex.com. It's R E I D about like sex.com. Yeah. And you can you can Google stop me while we talk. Um, for me what slut protocols are about, and I would also say there's kind of different varieties of sluts sure um, you know some people are are being slutty and, and in kind of a um, exploratory phase where they're kind of you know they're, they're maybe breaking new ground mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and finally giving themselves permission to break free break okay. free um, wearing the dresses we and go into a whole gospel you know piece right now uh -huh. um, Mahalia break Jackson free, break free um so there's people Liberation. like there are people who are who are finally giving themselves permission. Mm -hmm. um, there are certainly people, and I think I was this person early on when I was figuring out that, like claiming my promiscuity, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, because I, um, for those of you who do not know my backstory, my X-Men origin myth. Um, you know, I was the virgin. I think it's safe to say everyone listening to this podcast has slept with you. I slept with you. Um, <laughs> hi, everyone. It's great to hear you. Hi, Thanks for listening. Thank you. Um, sorry that if I haven't so texted good. or called in a long time. Going down on us. Um, 
all night. So, all night. Until I passed out. Um, so, like, when I, you know, I was the virgin uh, in high school who was also the football captain. Right. And the president of the National Honor Society. And, you know, and everybody in my high school knew I was the virgin football captain because oh. that was common knowledge. Um, not because I bragged about it, but because, you know, my football friends like to tease me about it because right. we had the guys on the team who were banging all the cheerleaders and were saying they were I, there were Polaroids um, oh. around the locker room so Can't we had those. we had yeah, Can't back, Photoshop a back when we had Polaroids um, so like I came from this really interesting situation where I fell in love with my my high school sweetheart and was basically saving myself for marriage not because I, I had some sort of weird opinion about you know virginity was better than not mm -hmm. but it was more like well this is kind of a cool thing I can I can save sure. and share with somebody sure like Luke Perry yeah like Luke Perry exactly right um, but without the annoying um, you know jewelry and <laughs> so for me you know when I eventually lost my virginity and we, we looked for it for about two weeks uh -huh. we never found it and we just gave up I think it was behind the couch. Yeah, we yeah. mostly looked in each other's orifices. Interesting. Um, See if you could find it. Yeah, shoved I mean, because that's there. what we thought it might be. Right. And right, it right. seemed to be thorough was to be the best. Um, but what ended up happening was, you know, I would in college be in love, madly in love with, with my first, um, not the first person I dated in high school. I dated some amazing people in high school, but like the first woman I fell in love with. Yeah. And then I fell in love with a second woman while I was in love with my high school sweetheart. That is not, is that possible? It, you know what, it is. I'm living proof here to test, to be a testimonial about it. But can it. we trust, can we trust you? I, I mean, you still don't know where you left your virginity. I don't know. Have and, you looked in the glove I, compartment? I check eBay every day <laughs> uh -huh. in, in the hopes that somebody might be selling it and I might be able to It's a premium, it. at a premium um, rate. And it's probably already been sold. And it's like a pawn shop somewhere, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, kind of like with Goonies or uh -huh. with, um, uh, what was the Steven Spielberg movie where Don't Feed Them After Midnight? Oh, uh, Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah. Kind of like, my virginity is like a gremlin. Um, so, in so many ways. Yeah, but, but the cute furry one before, you know, the water. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> so basically, to make a, a long story longer, um, in trying to reconcile being in love with two people, all I could make it mean from a cultural perspective is that I must not have loved my high school sweetheart. Yeah, that like how can you I couldn't be, trust your own feelings. Yeah, and and eventually, you know, what ended up happening was I, I was living with my karate instructor at the time, who's still a good Hot. friend of mine. Um, and he was very <gasps> promiscuous. Wait. Wait, you were living with him like living with him? No, no, not like living with him. I hadn't I hadn't figured out I was queer yet at okay. that point. Okay. But so my my shock was preemptive. But but basically, um, I told him I was like, Sensei, like I I'm in love with two women at the same time, and I'm, you know, he's like, well, what are you gonna do? I'm like, I'm gonna introduce them to each other. Great idea. Because really. if they see how awesome they are, like, we'll figure it out. And he said, that is the worst idea ever. Um, and then two weeks later, I had them both sitting in my room, and it was indeed the worst idea ever. Um, but it, I didn't have a way of reconciling it, so I had to downgrade my, what was then, you know, my monogamous primary relationship with my high school sweetheart, downgrade it so I could see this other person and try to figure out what was going on with me. Not uncommon in, in college land or even in high school with yeah, some absolutely. people. But it's the I, turkey draw. But I take being in love 
I take being in love very seriously. Like I love being in love and I had a lot of shame come up and mm -hmm. it must mean I'm not ready, I'm not really in love. You know, I'm in my sowing my oats phase, mm -hmm. which even though that's kind of culturally approved for cisgendered men, right. it's it still doesn't make it didn't make me feel grown up. Yeah. Right? And I was intending on marrying my high school sweetheart. So fast forwarding, eventually it would take me a decade almost, a little less than a decade to really get okay with that I liked sleeping with lots of people mm -hmm. and that was me being okay with it but still having to start the the work the, the emotional work of how do you do that in a healthy way right when are you filling your self-esteem mm -hmm. needs with sex um, and I was mm -hmm. the fat seventh grader that no one wanted to take to the eighth grade prom and like so I was I was working a lot of stuff out and was bartending at that point in New York City mm. and and I, I don't think I was making unhealthy choices because I was, I, well, I was definitely the nice guy who would cook breakfast for everybody. Sure. So I'm like, you know, and like when I hook up with somebody, they would start getting putting their clothes on, and I'm like, it's like five in the morning, like sleep over, and they're like, really? Yeah. You're not you're not kicking me to the curb, like to and I'm, take the train home for yeah, an hour to and a half. Like I'm like, what are you doing? That's stupid. Like. Come, let's cuddle and sleep. And I've got bacon and eggs. Yeah, and, and I and my big thing back then was blueberry pancakes or Cute. blueberry waffles. So that, I got known for that in the bartending world. Oh yeah. And people would be like, "Have you met Reed?" Or more importantly, "Have you had the blueberry waffles yet?" <laughs> Which was code for you must have slept with Reed. So all of this was me figuring out how to be healthy. I would eventually have a string of you know I meet somebody, fall in love, be monogamous then want to date other people, hmm. making people not happy about that, and slowly you know, would tell people I'm in an open relationship, I don't want to settle down right yet, maybe not ever, and they would say yes because they didn't want to lose me, because mm -hmm. I was the guy that would make them waffles. Right. Um, and yeah, I think there's probably other reasons to move you around too. Well, like so, but, but what it ended up happening was like I was picking people who I wasn't making happy by being me. Right. And this now years later when I teach you know, dating your species, mm -hmm. that's what I'm talking about is figure out, whether you're a slut or not, my advice is figure out what makes you happiest and then go date people for whom that actually makes them happy. Right, instead of trying to change people. So after going through and figuring out, you know, my self-esteem needs, and I actually did go to Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous for a year, and got really clear that, oh, so these were my self-esteem things, and once I handled them, I still wanted to be promiscuous. So for a while, you you were worried that you might have been a sex addict. Yeah, because because we don't. Ha this is the thing is like back then I was the sluttiest person I knew. Yeah. And I had all these insecurities, so I actually didn't have any healthy role models mm -hmm. for for slutdom. Do you know anybody now who's sluttier than you? I know a couple of people are giving me a run for their money, <laughs> but but it's not a competitive thing. Like I just uh, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just really like getting to know people. Yeah. Um, with body language mm -hmm. and sensuality, and mm -hmm. we can we can have a conversation in English uh, or really horrible Spanish if you if you're <laughs> so inclined. Um, but it's just as fun for me and probably a little bit more my preference yeah. to share bodies as a means of getting to know each other. And then let's have our little chit chat happen as pillow talk. Yeah. When I finally worked through my self-esteem stuff, 
and realized I was polyamorous, figured out what that word meant, read The Ethical Slut, read Lesbian Polyfidelity, like read all the non-monogamous books that were out at the time, and this was back in the like late 90s for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just turned 30 when I really started claiming all this. Um, it would still take me another six years to get good at it mm-hmm. and, and make the final adjustment for me, which was when I date sluts, mm-hmm. no one complains about who I am. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was like if I was trying to start a band and I wanted to be a rock musician and everybody else played bluegrass, right. I would frustrate them eventually. So I finally started finding other Rockers. rock musicians and then we would just jam. And jamming became a creative outlet for me. Do you think that polyamory or slutitude is an orientation in the same way that um, that being gay or queer is an orientation or straight? Um, maybe. Yeah. I don't try to try to take on that debate because there are people that are really passionate about which side of that debate you're on and I'm really about self-expression so I don't care if it's nature or nurture if it's an orientation or a choice or you um, were born this way yeah it it, to me is like what makes you happy yeah is it consensual are you doing it in a a healthy way yeah um and are you are you leaving the campsite better than you found it right by, by dating your species so this would all start to kind of pour into this was the long story to get to slut protocols, by the way. We've lost track of where we are. Oh, I remember. This, our podcast is kind of like the uh, Thousand One Arabian Nights. It's stories within stories, within stories, within stories. Like a cantaloupe wrapped in bacon. Stuffed in a turkey. Stuffed in a turkey, <laughs> yes. Coming to you this holiday season. Um, so, so basically for me, when I talk about slut protocols, what I'm talking about are, and, and my hunch is that sluts naturally fall in love or uh, succumb to the brain chemistry of love yeah. a little bit differently than, than quote unquote, you know, muggles or, or other people. Because this is the funny part is like, there's lots of variation. There are slutty people who are monogamous. Totally. They they just can get most of their steam blown out with one person, uh-huh. and they're super slutty, or maybe they're slutty in their fantasies, or maybe they're they go through a period of their lives where they are really slutty because they want to sample everything, and then they find the dish that they want to eat for sure. dinner every night, and they know for with a lot more satisfaction and certainty that that is the meal they want because they've been to the buffet. Yeah. Right? So, but even if they're still eating the same meal every night, they might still identify as a slut or someone who is interested in and curious about and open to other kinds of meals. Yeah. And that's where it gets dangerous when we talk about it like orientations because then people could categorize that as a phase. Mm-hmm. And and again, like, I think when you come at it from self-expression and what makes you happy, you're allowed to explore stuff and then never go back to it or travel the world and then eventually settle down. It doesn't mean you're a bad slut. It doesn't mean you're you're not able to commit. Like, all these, like, we, we take all the sex negativity and the slut shaming and we throw it on sexual exploration and promiscuity. Yeah. 
and we're we're now just starting to deconstruct gender mainstream ish. Yeah. So you know you can explore and have same sex sex, and it doesn't mean you're gay. In the same way that you can be a Democrat and vote Republican once, it doesn't mean you're a Republican. Thank God. You might lose some friends, but like. And yeah. Or vice versa. I like I'm not. Because you have that loss of oxygen to the brain. Well, but like, <laughs> but but like. Yes, we can have fun with that, but at the same time, I, like, again, I, I know what you're saying. it's about self-expression. So yeah. the slut protocol things, my hunch is having been somebody who slept with lots of people and lots of slutty people, um, it seems that my friendships and loverships with sluts, there's a deep love and respect, mm -hmm. but it's not like we lose our shit and become crazy in love and drop off the face of the earth to hibernate Right. And um, and then expect a certain script from that person that we're feeling really strongly about. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, for me, like, I get crushes on people. Yeah. But I, I've also kind of delayed my gratification piece. If for those of you who are really geeky, look up the two marshmallow study with the, with the five, I think it's the five or seven-year-olds with, with two marshmallows. It's a great study about impulse control. Um, but basically... I can fall in love with somebody, but not, but realize I'm, I'm cracked out on on endorphins. Well, what's the marshmallow story? Oh, okay. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to recreate this perfectly, but basically, this is a study that's been reproduced several times all over the world, with the similar results. Uh, I think it was five or seven year olds. They put, they sat them down. And I said, you can. Here's the deal. You can have this marshmallow right now, mm. or if you wait five or eight minutes. Um, you get two marshmallows. And they would leave the marshmallow on the table and then leave the kid alone in the room. And there was a clock on the wall. Mm. And, and then there was like some play blocks and, and some other stuff. It was like a kindergarten kind of room. Right. So basically, all the kids who could wait that five or eight minutes, whatever the study was, yeah. and got both marshmallows, they followed these kids for like 15 or 30 years. Whoa they were all more successful than the kids who caved and had and, and, and couldn't wait and had the one marshmallow. Interesting. And the other interesting thing was for the kids who caved, they all, for the most part, sat at the desk staring at the clock and staring at the marshmallow, whereas the kids who were able to delay gratification went and did something, else, went and did something else and then came back and got the two marshmallows. So what, that, what they found was that your ability to delay gratification has a direct correlation to how successful you'll be in life, if you, how, how often you'll get divorced, all these interesting things about delaying your impulse control. I think sluts, and again, this is my hypothesis, when it comes to falling in love, we just get stoned a little differently. Hmm. And we know we're stoned. It's like the person who's stoned on pot who's like, I'm wasted. And then the person who's on acid who thinks they can fly. <laughs> like, there's a difference. So the slut, so, so the marshmallow is love, not, the marshmallow is love, not sexual gratification. Because the slut, the slut goes for the sex, but delays the gratification of being in love? Well, I don't think they go so overboard. Right. Again, this is just my ideas on how it feels to me. Like, I'll get a crush on somebody at a conference or at an event, um, and 
if let's say we hook up and we have amazing sex and I just dump a ton of oxytocin <laughs> into my, my body, which does a lot of really interesting things to the rest of your senses. Mm -hmm. um, so I just know that I'm driving drunk right. and that I should get out of the car because I don't know if we're a good fit to date yet. Right, 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 right. And right. it used to be that I would just fall head over heels in love and I just loved being in love with more, more than one person at the same time. And I would start building lives with them, right. not knowing if they were a good fit. So now I can be in love with you and know that I'm drunk, but not you know, rent the U-Haul the next week. Right, 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 right. Um, and so I think you know, some of the things that I've noticed about really successful sluts is it's not a self-esteem thing for them, for the most part. Like, it always feels good that somebody wants to sleep with you. Sure. But it's not, they tend to have a pretty decent sense of self-esteem and self, and are self-possessed. Yeah. And then... Which is kind of the opposite of the stereotype sure. of sluts, that they have low self-esteem and they look for sexual attention or sexual gratification in order to um, fill the empty void of self-esteem. I don't subscribe to that theory, but I think that but it's I, interesting that that is what... I think there were people out there who are promiscuous and slutty who are working on their self-esteem things too. Right. And I can say that that was me. Yeah, me You know, too. I was that person. Um, but at the end of working on my self-esteem, the thing for me is like, I still like sleeping with lots of people. I like new people. I like seeing friends I haven't seen in six months and sleeping with them. Yeah. I like sleeping with my, the friends I see all the time. Like I'm, you know, sex is, is a hobby. It's also a vocation for me, but like, I, again, like music makes good sense. Cause you don't, you don't jam shame musicians <laughs> for wanting to get the guitars out and the drums and just jam. Right. And so, but but you can't do that as in, in, with sex because of our puritanical standards and, and things like that. Um, so there's all this shame, which again, like we're swimming upstream around sex negativity, trying to, to claim and reclaim our sexuality and our choice yeah. in a world that's not giving us a lot of choice. Right. They're not telling us we can start a rock band. They're telling us that classical music is what we're supposed to be playing. Right. Um, Practice your scales. And then you meet somebody, maybe your parents or friends, who love classical music, and then you think you're broken because culture's not giving you permission to be a jazz musician or a rock musician or country or bluegrass or whatever else it is. Well, also, if you are a musician and you go and jam with other people besides the people in your group, then you might learn a thing or two, and then you can come back to the group, and the group is going to be better by virtue of... The what you've learned, new fingering um, the techniques that you've experienced, yeah. and the creativity, right? And right. and as we get more and more uh, technology that measures subtle and nuanced chemistry in the brain and electrical activity, like we're learning more about the brain and how sex with new people, or even just fantasizing about sex with new people, how that creates mood shifts. Um, that are usually good for you, but then we're dealing with the shame yeah. because culture's trying to keep us, uh, you know, behaving well, so to speak. So have you talked? What? So what are some examples of slut protocol? All okay, right. So so. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. So so. Say, so I'm assuming uh, going back to the to the orgy. So conversations about safer sex. Yeah. Um, 
conversations also about monogamy. Yes, yes, absolutely, fundamentally consent. And also conversations about monogamy, like you would want to know if if the person that you're sleeping with is technically available or not, or if they're in an open relationship, and then you might decide if you want to sleep with someone who's in an open relationship or... Yeah, so there's like, the, those are like the, the social etiquette mm. of sleeping with lots of people and how you, you know, the way that I phrase it is leave the campsite better than you found it. Right. Um, and provide extraordinary customer service. Um, operator standing by. The, when, when I, when Satisfaction I, guaranteed or your money back. Exactly. Um, and there's bonuses too. Um, but for, for people who are just exploring promiscuity, uh, ethical and consensual and and oh, I would even say self-aware promiscuity like mm-hmm. conscious promiscuity mm-hmm. intentional yeah intentional because I can make you feel so safe that you're yes to hooking up with me maybe you've never hooked up with somebody before mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I should be hooking up with you because if we have a really amazing mind-blowing experience and and you're not wired for sluttery or and you don't have your self-awareness around how you fall in love and especially if we're at the same conference and we fuck the whole weekend, then endorphin-wise, somebody is gonna be blowing up your phone yeah. and expecting certain things from you. Right? So, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. So what yeah. ends up happening is it's a transference issue. So and then, and then if you, for those those of you listening in who who are therapists, this will make sense. Um, so basically, what slut protocols are, for the most part, is ways that you can delay imprinting until you guys figure out what it is you're doing. Mm. So in the joke in the lesbian community is that you know you you fall in love and then you rent the U-Haul the next night. Or like, you, you know, have great sex and you rent the U-Haul. So you know the amount of right. U-Haul sales that, that happen right after Dinah Shore in Palm Springs, oh you know, we can correlate that. But so so basically the, the slut protocols when I'm teaching muggles who don't know about their slut, sluttiness yet, they're all, for the most part, good advice for delaying imprinting and transference mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to keep each other or the group that you're fucking from falling in head over heels in love with each other and just basically getting cracked out on endorphins and, and not being able to make rational decisions. It's, so, it's really interesting that the idea that good slut protocol is about delaying love—it's not about delaying pleasure, and it doesn't mean you can't be high. It's just that knowing that that you're so stoned, you shouldn't be driving, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being realistic about that. So, so things like, you know, when I coach people on, you know, having fuck buddies, you know, the, some of the main things that help delay imprinting for both parties. Um, you know, only see each other once a month, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe twice a month, and be really uh, conscious of when you're texting or on the phone or IMing, because what you're doing is you're giving each other tiny little endorphin hits. Right, and then you become dependent on. You know, Reed, it's interesting. I, I feel like um, what it sounds like to me is that it's uh, what you're saying is that the slut protocol is not so much about delaying feeling or delaying emotion um, or even delaying intimacy. It's 
about delaying codependency or like just uh, cutting codependency out of the picture entirely. Well, at a black belt level, yeah. Yeah. Because, but if you if you haven't figured out how to be dependent. You can't be interdependent. You can't jump from codependency to interdependency. <laughs> um, and you have to go through dependency. And then when you throw love into the mix, dependency usually slides to codependency unless you've done some, some reparenting work or something like that. Yeah. Um, because most of us grew up with families that just didn't really, you know, there wasn't really good attachment parenting happening. Right. Right. And these are all words you can Google and, and, and geek out on. Um, and another book, if you really want to geek out, read Dawkins' um, The Selfish Gene, because it talks a lot about how, why love and endorphins play the role that they do, and, yeah. and why when you have really great sex with somebody, especially if your pheromones are a good match, mm -hmm. um, once you fall in love, like you're not making rational decisions. And, and with functional MRIs... That's, that's the fucking truth. Well, with functional MRIs, this is what's really funny, right? So... The brain centers that are active when you're in love are the exact same brain centers that are active when you're addicted to cocaine. Yeah, so, delusions of grandeur. So, and basically... The idea that people want to listen to everything you have to say. But your, your dealer is that other person. Hmm. And so you're not making good decisions and so if you can delay the transference, it's a lot easier to work through the dependency piece or the codependency piece because you kind of sidestep it. And so seeing each other once a month, twice a month at most, unless you have your black belt in this, because mm -hmm. if you're seeing each other once a week or more than once a week, yeah. then you're having a relationship whether you guys say you are or not. Right. Okay, unless you're just a really savvy. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Slut. Sure. Um, other things to delay uh, imprinting and, 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 you know, love tripwires are um, uh, don't sleep over. Hmm waking up next to somebody and watching them sleeping and seeing their chest rise and, and fall, while creepy, it's super is creepy. also super romantic, and then all of a sudden you're like having love feelings. And making blueberry waffles. And making blueberry waffles. But I was making them out of the genuineness of my own heart because I liked blueberry waffles and I was just making twice the amount. Right. And I was very appreciative to the people who would share their genitals with me. <laughs> Especially if you just met me at the bar I was bartending at and came home with me that night. Right. I knew enough about feminism and sexual assault back then to know that that was actually kind of a big deal. Mm, yeah. That you came back to my place. I like that. That's a very, it's a very feminist act to say. Thank you for trusting me. Sorry about the patriarchy. Here's some blueberry waffles. Yes. Blueberry waffles make everything better. Um, 
So no, I I hear what you're saying about the sleeping over. That there is a, a sense of of intimacy to that. That um, yeah. Uh, so going by your language, that can cause that imprinting. Yeah. yeah. So other things that that to be aware of that I would fall under slut protocols. No long weekends, staying in bed all weekend, fucking each other, oh, senseless. Man. Oh man. Okay. Because come Monday, there's a good tendency at least one of you will be in love. After a weekend. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the. Uh, I mean, uh, a weekend with me, I'm sure that would well, happen to anyone. Well, yeah. I mean, I just read your zines and I fell in love with you. Oh, Tina. Um, so other other useful things. Be really. Don't care- read. Don't read anybody's zines. Be uh, a. <laughs> you you set me up. Um, so the other things like easy ones that sound really cheesy but are, can be really powerful is like be really conscious of when you say that you love somebody yeah and especially after sex or after the eye gazing mm. um so you know as you establish those protocols what ends up happening is you, you take the relationship a lot slower even though you can still have kick-ass sex the yeah. other really useful thing for delaying imprinting, believe it or not, is group sex. Oh, I mean, I believe it. And so, you know, that if you're having, if you're somebody who falls in love easily um, and you're trying to like have a promiscuous phase and you want to navigate it, or maybe let's say you're not ready for, you know, uh, a you know, like cohabitating relationship kind of situation um, or you know, and I don't want to say serious relationship because, like, my slutty relationships with my friends are serious friendships. Um, but if you're somebody who just wants to date for a while or just be promiscuous for a while, what I would recommend is find a couple of fuck buddies and sleep, like, have threesomes or foursomes, mm-hmm. and that will uh, allow you lots of exploration, um, but also does a really good job of delaying imprinting. Yeah, I, I love all of the stuff that you're saying. I mean, I feel so grateful for the communities that I've been a part of that have taught me uh, the, the things that I, when I was younger, that I would look to sex for or dating for or relationships for that I could have with my friends that a lot of the time that you know, and be, you know, being a kinky person and being a, a queer person who is interested in lots of, oriented towards lots of different genders and different kinds of people, um, uh, I used to put all of that expectation on the people who I was in monogamous, long-term love affairs with. And since I've been able to get maybe naked, spooning all night intimacy with one person and spanking with another person and group scenes with another person and then love and partnership and domestic goddess bliss with yet another person and having every all of those things be copacetic um, and open and ethical has been so much more satisfying for me but I do think that that's the way that I'm wired mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wired to get more satisfaction by compartmentalizing, and I don't mean compartmentalizing, like shutting things off. I mean like yeah. opening, <clears throat> opening more drawers. Yeah. yeah, and so 
what's interesting for people who aren't wired in these ways, like let's say you're monogamous or or you're even if you're non-monogamous but you you're wired for a primary relationship, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like your polyamory <clears throat> works better when you have your base camp relationship. Yeah. Um, understand that when you're single, there will be a tendency, usually unconscious, to primaritize the main fuck buddy that you have. Right, right. So, I see, I see. But knowing yeah. that, what you do is you, you know, what I would recommend is try to have two friends that you sleep with. Right, right. You know, and again, like, you can have, you know, there are ways to have safe or safer, casual, like, anonymous sex. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who's like, ah, it's hard for me to sleep with my friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time, like, if you primaritize things and but have a couple of different lovers, if you can find those people, yeah. and and for people who are like, how do I find them? Just email me, and I'll give you some some better, you know, ideas to, based on where you are in the country. But when you get that community of people that you can go get your physical and erotic needs met, yeah. um, then you don't have to worry so much about falling in love or that that gnawing angst of trying to build a relationship with your main fuck buddy. Because there are some people who, they're, they're clear they don't want to have a relationship, but they only have one fuck buddy and they're primary wired or they're monogamous. Right. And so they just start to primaritize that one fuck buddy. Yeah, no, um, I've, I've, I've totally done that. And that's, and that's totally okay. Once you start to realize those things, you're like, oh, okay. And then you can kind of prep for them a little bit. And then yeah. if you're only fucking that person once a month, you know, then then it starts, or you go into play parties and you're finding ways to, to get your, your socks, your uh, rocks off in ways that are healthy for you. Your, your socks, socks off, off and your rocks off. Um, Please take your socks off. Then all of a sudden things start to become healthier. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. when people who are trying to be promiscuous because they don't want to settle down right away, yeah. um, they only have one fuck buddy, they start to kind of, you know, quicksand into a relationship mm. um, and then they think that promiscuity isn't a good fit for them when really they just haven't dialed it in the right way right. and again I have no judgment call for people who just want to be monogamous yeah. or wait until they're in a serious relationship to have sex like whatever works for you like that's that's what's evolved figure out what works for you and then date people for whom that works for if somebody tells you being slutty is more evolved than being monogamous you can tell them that Reed Mahalpa said suck it <laughs> um, and I really do mean that. Like I, this, I think what's healthy is people being themselves and being happy. I completely agree, um, and um, I also think that that's what's feminist too is not following um, some sort of script, but mm -hmm. doing what you want to do and not. Oh, anyway, um, I was gonna say I. It's really interesting. I don't know if I've ever had a conversation about being slutty that was so focused on restraint and not bondage, because I've had those <laughs> conversations. But uh, but it, like you were saying with the marshmallows, impulse control and restraint, I feel it make what you're saying makes sense to me. Um, but I feel like a lot of people would be surprised to hear a conversation. You know, but people think slut, they think uh, people who go after what they want, people who uh, like uh, are uh, very sexually extroverted and have large sexual appetites and um, want to be 
eating and snacking and having lots of different kinds of being a pleasure-seeking missile. Um, but you're saying that being slutty is, has just as much to do with self-control and restraint. Yeah, I'm saying if you want to be an excellent slut, if you want to be an impeccable slut. I mean, listen, who doesn't want to be excellent? But that's like, this is why people send me their friends. You have sent me your friends to fuck. I have. I have. I, I and when I have a friend, especially when somebody's just gotten out of a breakup and they really, they, they need to have really great sex and, and they want, um, you know, friendship and intimacy and blueberry waffles or the equivalent. And um, they don't want somebody who's going to be blowing up their phone and thinking that they have to have certain kinds of in expectations or entitlement or anything like that. And somebody who's going to rock their world and then um, send them on their way and not like, uh, let me call you a cab, honey, but uh, send them on their way in a, in a mutually beneficial way or agreeable way. Um, that's, those are the people I send to you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> really also people mean. who like to climb. Yeah. But that's, but yeah, yes, because I am large. Um, I'm in and, charge. And I'm a jungle gym. <laughs> Um, but like, so, but that's the thing is like, and this is like kind of going back to why are people into sluts? Yeah. Sluts who have their shit handled. Yeah. Those are the people that don't give you headaches. Those are the people that'll they call. They give you head, not headaches. Na exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but then it's like, those are the people that'll call you, um, if they test positive for something. Right. You know, and it's like having your shit together as a slut and also being able to realize like when somebody, like everyone sees me meet somebody, have a 10 minute conversation and then go fuck them. Like people see that happen. What they don't see is all the people that I have a 10 minute conversation with, but it was obvious two minutes in that we weren't a good fit, mm -hmm. but I still wanna know more about you. Like I'm a, yeah. I'm a people person, like I'm curious about you. And, and then for every person that I, I meet and we're a good fit to, to have casual sex, like I, I don't take my casual sex casually. Mm. And so, you know, just because it's not a good idea for us to fuck doesn't mean we can't make out. Right, right, Doesn't right, mean right. we can't go have coffee. Like, my social network, as much as I sleep with lots of people, um, there, there, there are actually people I don't sleep with, believe it or not. Um, but, like, I just, I love people and, like, kind of bringing it back to the music thing. Like, I just like to jam yeah. with people who like jamming. Yeah. And where it's a good idea for us to do that. Yeah. You know, and for other people, you know, I'll find something else I want to do with them. Yeah. Because people are cool. So what's, what's sexy about sluts? There is something that's highly erotic for me to meet somebody, have a five or 10 minute conversation with them and be like, well, this is on. Yeah. And then to go and like sight unseen, you know, like never having sex before. Like, it's kind of like Kung Fu people, like show me what you got, like what kind of moves you got. It's, it's again, like guitarists, it's like, show me your riff. Like, yeah. how did you do that? Yeah. And it's just fun to play and frolic with people. Yeah. Um, and then I get to, you know, some of those, some of my one night stands have turned into, you know, 20 year friendships. Yeah. And then there are those one night stands that were like awesome and I've never seen that person again. And that was just as important and formative for me as somebody who thought they were broken because I wasn't, I fell in love with two women at the same time. 
right. and didn't know I could give myself permission to be promiscuous and that didn't make me a bad person. So even for those one night stands with somebody I never, we never asked each other our names, we just had a safer sex conversation and we, you know, it was like, okay, well you pass, well you pass too, okay, let's do this. <laughs> like that was just as important for me and, and as much of an act of reclamation and for me to be able to have that kind of, even casual, anonymous hookup sex be healthy and, um, and for me to know it was healthy for me and, and to know that it was healthy for the other person. Like that was really important for me to, to do that for myself. And sometimes, you know, and it still is because that's, that's how I'm wired right now. Maybe 70 years from now, it'll change. But, 70 years? You know, we're living longer and longer. Um, but, you know, Here's hoping. Maybe, maybe it won't change. I, and the point is not whether it's going to change or not. Is that am I enjoying who I am and am I having healthy relationships now? That's what I want for people. Like, and that's the, the overarching point of the work that I do. Yeah. I just want people to have the tools to figure out what makes them happy and then to date their species. Do you ever find yourself attracted to someone because they're not a slut? Oh, yeah. And that just, I am the devil to them. Like, that is such a bad idea for us to have a relationship. I mean, it just kind of... It's I, erotic. I, I think. I mean, I think I'm a little focused on on the the orientation thing because I've been thinking about it lately. But um, it just reminds me of like like gay women I know who uh, like highly eroticize straight women, and you know, it's like a conquest thing, or there's just something sexy to them about like being there first or being the person who like shows them the ways of the pussy. Sure. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm just I'm curious if. Uh, I, you, so it's so it's erotic to you, but you usually don't go for well, it. Well, but th but again, like, like there, you know, I can meet somebody who's monogamous, who wants to be married in a year and having kids, and if we're both on vacation, and I make it really clear, like, listen, like, I'm really slutty. Like, we can have vacation sex, but I I'm not going to be your baby daddy. Like, yeah. if you want to have, you know, hot vacation sex in Jamaica, like, we can. I'm a great person for us to do that. You know, so there are, there are times where somebody would be inappropriate for me to have a relationship with. Yeah. And there's a way to have a conversation and create a healthy hookup. But often, you know, because I have my black belt in being promiscuous, there's a little bit of a power differential who there. Gives the, who gives those out, Reese? Um, well, we, we should. We should have we that should, dojo. You're right. But again, like, there's a way to have a healthy hookup. But since I'm the more promiscuous, promiscuous one, it, the, it's really, you know, I, if I really do want to practice what I preach and leave the campsite better than I found it, like the power is in my hands to not, you know, no pun intended, dick somebody around right. and, to, and to midwife them, somebody who's not a slut through a slutty evening okay. and make sure that they're good. Like it's yeah. catch and release, you know, to, to borrow from the... Bash fishing, um, yeah. You know, pr tread with caution and 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 really do like treat people nice. Yeah. Be good to them. Yeah. Just because they were slutty with you, had never really done this before, and then are blowing up your phone. Yeah. You're the one who didn't do a better assessment. 
Do you think that sometimes people deal with internalized slut shaming where they know that they want to be slutty, but they have been socialized to think that it's wrong, so they behave badly towards other people um, because they think that it's bad that they want to be in love with two different people at once oh, or yeah. sleep with a lot of Absolutely. people at once. Absolutely. They don't, they don't know... I mean, this is why people don't sh don't share about it. You know, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, we weren't dating, so it's nobody's business." And I'm like, I, I I beg to differ because I think you should tell everybody you fuck a lot of people yeah. because you should scare away the people that are a bad fit. Right. Like you're not trying to seduce people; you're being real with them and upfront. And then if they want more of that, then that's the seduction. Like the new seduction is being honest with people. Like that's Is that new? well, it's just let's go to Washington and find out. Um, <laughs> but like that's the thing is like, I'm t I scare away more people than I attract. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I've been this way and polite and nice to people and slutty for so long, my reputation like, my reputation precedes me. Right. And so. You are very polite. And so for me. You have very good manners. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's very you kind always of, eat with the correct it's very fork. Kind, it's very kind of you to say that. I, Thank you for noticing. Um, You're you. fucking welcome. <laughs> but the, but so so like the it's, it's I think people beat themselves up the internalized slut shaming. They don't think they they can have this, um, and then they're picking people who aren't good at being slutty, and then maybe there's some messy falling in love or not being really transparent with each other um, and so people get hurt and or people get angry and I really do think you should tell people that you sleep with a lot of people if that's who you are because you know I'll meet somebody who's like oh I'm not really slutty I'm like oh that's totally cool like we don't have to sleep together what el what other hobbies do you have <laughs> but then like weeks later they they call me up and they say hey I have a friend who really needs to get laid, will you fuck her? And I'm like, well, maybe. I have to talk to her first. <laughs> but I'll talk to them. Like, so it's, again, like me just being real and honest with people, that's what has them trust me. Yeah. Um, and, and because I've done that and, and been a little bit more um, picky and, and assess who's a good person to be slutty with, I get way more pussy than somebody who's lying to everybody, and no one's mad at me. You do get the most pussy of anyone I know, and I know a lot of people who get a lot of pussy. And that's, and because I know the people that you know, that's actually saying a lot. Um, but again, like, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying this to your listeners to Im impress them, I'm just impressing upon them that, that you can be this slutty, and p there are people out there who will love you and appreciate you for who you are. Mm -hmm. So whatever other version that you are, if it's more kinky or more <laughs> this or that, there are people out there who will love you for who you are, but you have to share with them who you are. Yeah. And so... In, share in, the slut inside. But, but like, it's the... I think that this is where it actually starts to become life advice. Like, having the courage to be real with people and share with them who the version of you that, that you think makes you the happiest, which usually is the version that you think no one will love, yeah. that's 
the kind of courage and boldness that inspires people and changes lives and then all of a sudden you get to actually have the life you want like I still have shame sure I still have it come up I don't think you know I'm, I still get worried that no one's gonna love me really because I like sex that much and I'm sure like in 20 years or 70 years or whatever you know maybe I, my libido will shift um, it's not slowing down yet though is it well but, but again like it's not like I'm horny all the time yeah it's more like I just love people's bodies yeah and genitals yeah and orgasms yeah and so you know maybe there are probably people out there with more libido than me but you know if we're gonna cuddle and nuzzle I'll probably want to go down on you if you give me a couple minutes because you're cool like it's and that's how it is for me yeah why do you think that people slut shame other people well, there's the slut shaming that happens because we're but just busting each other's balls, right? You know, so so sluts calling each other sluts are, is is different. Oh, that's I don't think that's slut shaming. Yeah, but then there are people that are like, I think we test, we slut shame each other because we're clunky and nervous about it, and we're kind of, you know, we we make jokes about what we're nervous about. Right. What we're not, what we're probably trying to get ready to integrate. Hmm. Um, again, I'm not a not a psychotherapist, nor do I play one on television. But like, I know that I went through those phases. Like, I held on to my virginity really hard because I I needed to be different than my football player, hmm. you know, guy friends, um, and and I picked something and I made it important. And, and sometimes the ways that we make things important to ourselves is to take things of others people's and trash them. Yeah. You know, when I went when I be, when I found polyamory and found that there's a word for it, I I went through a, a a period where I trashed monogamy because I was afraid somebody was going to take away my right to be polyamorous mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when I got really secure in my polyamory mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I realized well shit like if polyamory is a legitimate lifestyle choice well then so is monogamy sure exactly. and then that was the beginning of me realizing oh neither one's more evolved than the other what's evolved is you giving yourself permission to be what makes you happy and then go date people for whom that makes them happy right on that's the piece that a lot of people miss like that's the next level of that because what we do is we go through this this um, recruitment phase where we're trying to convert everybody to what we want and I fell I fall in love with lots of amazing monogamous people I just didn't date them because I knew that we would drive each other crazy do you have recommendations for people who are slutty but are just not are having trouble connecting with people to be slutty with? Like, do you think that you can be slutty with yourself? S say more about that? Like, like they haven't found other people to, to frolic with? I guess I'm just, I always like to ask the question about all of the subjects. Like, how do you, how do you masturbate as a slut? You know, like, how, like, can you, I guess, I guess my question is, 
Can you be slutty with yourself? Can you be slutty with yourself? Because being slutty is not just about being with lots of different people. It also yeah. could be about having lots of sex. So, so you could potentially fuck yourself yeah. all the time so, to be slutty. So from that perspective, most of us who did a lot of masturbation when we were adolescents were pretty slutty with ourselves. I, yeah. Okay. Um, Dasa Easton um, has a great quote that gets floated around on the internet uh, on Facebook as kind of like a little meme about the definition of a slut if I'm quoting this correctly, is anyone who, who, who believes that sex is good and that, pl- and that feeling pleasure is healthy. Um, okay. And so from that perspective, you know, masturbation and... Fu- I mean, I remember the first time I fell in love with a sex toy. Like, <laughs> what was this? Well, it wasn't really like, like it wasn't like falling in love, love, but it was like I got a crush on this dildo that had a suction cup back uh-huh. that would stick on the shower. Uh-huh. And you've actually been in that shower, you know, the shower. Um, oh, yeah. So, a friend of mine gave with me this the, with dildo. The soap, with the soap dish that's yeah. like seven feet off the ground. Yeah. So, so, but so the reason <laughs> that soap dish is up high is so, is so you that don't that knock your head into it when, when you're, you're getting fucked in the shower. shower. Yeah. Um, I had the plumber guys, the tiling guys, put it up high. Unfortunately, I put it up very high, so you can't, no one can get to it. Um, it's but fine. Who no, needs but soap? No one's hitting their head on it um, or breaking their, their vertebrae on it. Or um, nose. Or a nose, exactly. Yeah. Safety third. Um, so, so basically somebody gave me a dildo that they, they just weren't going to use because it was huge. And then... Uh, and I, they thought, what can I do with this? They're like, I'll give it to read. Yeah. I'll give it to read. And so I had it stuck in my shower, and I would hang my loofahs off of it. Yeah. And I just thought that that was funny because people would go into the shower, not know it was there, and all of a sudden be like, ha! Because there's this huge dong stuck to the wall. Uh-huh. And I was doing sex toy reviews, product reviews, and somebody gave me a uh, this big tub of like tush and push. Mm-hmm. It was like anal lube. And then I, I'm like, God, how am I going to do this review? And then all of a sudden I put two and two together, and it just happened to be on a day when I had a lot of libido. And I was like, oh, my goodness, could it be that would it even fit? And, oh, my, no. <laughs> and then I went into that shower, and I did, I, I tested out that product review, which um, it, it performed as... What, do you, what kind of score do you give that? Um, well, the lube, the lube was was adequate. It was the dildo that performed it really well. But uh-huh. I, I had my dirty way with myself in that shower uh-huh. with that dong, and that was the first time I'd ever literally like fucked myself. Sit like I almost fell down. Like I couldn't stand. And and again, like for for most cisgendered guys, we're kind of like point and shoot. Right. It's not like we have this luxurious, you know, journey of riding the thermals of pleasure. And you're playing. Yeah, and you're playing and right. candles melting down. Like, That's what it's like for all ladies. You know, all ladies. Right? Yeah, all over all, all over the world. Day, all the time. Uh, even right now. Um, Join hands. But, <laughs> but I was like, oh my goodness. And then I just couldn't stop thinking about that dildo. I'm imagining a montage now with like, dream 
we have? Like yeah. playing and, and just holding hands, walking along through the, the beach. park, yeah. and yeah, you getting Running down in the rain, bending, <laughs> bending and me holding it by the nuts and swinging it around in circles as the <laughs> camera follows us. <laughs> the light shining through our hair. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great visual. Um, the story of the, the boy and his dodo. Um, yeah, so that was the first time I'd ever, like, really had my way with myself. But, so, yeah, like, you can totally be slutty with yourself. Yeah. And that kind of, like, exhilarating, like, oh, my Lord, I thought I'd never. And, <laughs> you know, like, I think well, that's Well, I mean, too. basically what you're talking about is that fucking amazing feeling that you get when you get laid. And we, we I think we slut shame ourselves for wanting to get laid with ourselves or we, we come up with furtive rituals or we get sort of so used to the guilt that we think of the guilt as a part of the experience of mm-hmm. fucking ourselves and um, reaching for that marshmallow. I don't know if I'm using that metaphor accurately. Just don't but put it in your butt. No, a, mar- a marshmallow does not have a flare base. Nope. No. Um, Reed Mahalko, I could no. talk to you about sluts in this tub. Till we're wrinkled and pruny and the water gets cold and we starve and <laughs> there's a ring and on the tub. T- and run out of tape, even though the, no one tapes on tape anymore. Yeah, well, no, no, but we would run out of space eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm so glad you have this wooden opium board uh, for the tub. <laughs> I built this out of an old futon frame, not that your listeners care. I, my listeners should care. I'm because, handy. Yeah. I'm crafty. <laughs> not just waffles, but I'll build you a little shelf for your bathtub. <laughs> but I think that we, I think we're out of time. We're out of time. Yeah. So, so if people want to find me. Oh, you beat me, you beat me to it. There's yeah. a couple of, a couple of websites that I encourage you to go to. Readaboutsex.com is my main website that has links to pretty much everything that I'm doing. Um, and you're at readaboutsex, aren't you? Yeah, at readaboutsex on Twitter and, and Facebook things and Google Plus and all that stuff. Um, if you're curious, if you're a sex educator and you're curious about making a living being a sex educator, go to sexgeeksummercamp.com. Mm-hmm. You, you just had your first sex geek sex summer geek camp, summer camp, which is a business retreat for sex educators. That was awesome. And the next one is next summer. In, in next 2015? summer, yeah, it's it, July at the end of July. So most most July is for the rest of time. <laughs> and then for people who aren't sex educators uh, who want to get some free training videos and geek out on on sexy things and relationship things relationship 10x is some free videos you can sign up for and then uh, sex 10x the number 10 uh, 10xonline.com is for sexuality skill set stuff if you want to geek out with me and we do and we do Thank you so much. This was fun talking about slut protocols. I don't get to talk about this all the time. Oh, well, anytime you want to talk about sluts, you know where to find me. In my bathtub. In that shower. Or in, <laughs> in, in that the shower. shower with, <laughs> with the dildo. It is, it's That's still, like yeah. Clue. That's like clues. Where, where'd the murder happen? In the shower with the dildo. That's that's a, that's a sad. It would have to be the, the 11 or... Oh. Yeah. It would be fun to do a murder mystery with, with sex toys. With oh, yeah, or I, yeah, with somebody being bludgeoned to you death. Could, with you the could 11. do like fanfic, like like slash fic with like Tristan Terry, like right in everybody. <laughs> oh, sex game murder mystery. It's, 
kind of... Who did it? <laughs> and with what? Who done it? It's kind of morbid. I mean, I guess it's the definition of morbid. Maybe instead of murdering each other, we should all just fuck each other until we pass out. Oh, good callback. <laughs> One of my shamed moments of passing out in this Stop. weird... Stop the murdering! Queer orgy. <laughs> I miss yeah. so much. Well. You know. Oh, and they never told you. They drew mustaches on me. Yeah, no, we, dicks. It was dicks. I mean, we had a lot of eyeliner. And check out check out body storytelling on YouTube. There's a video of me talking about the queer porn orgy. Oh, I don't know if I've ever listened to that. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link. That's really funny. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, dude. Thanks for tuning in to episode 21. We've got an amazing season planned for you, so make sure you subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Take a moment to rate and review us on those sites. Follow us on Twitter at Into That Podcast and at Tina Horn's Ass. Email Tina Horn at wirepeopleintothat.com with your questions and visit wirepeopleintothat.com to subscribe to our newsletter and listen to the entire archive of season one. The next episode features Nikki Silver talking about girls who don't shave. People were specifically looking yeah, for... Yeah, specifically hairy niche yeah. sites. Yeah. Specifically women who were either hairier than your normal woman which I guess I am slightly um or just are completely unshaven untrimmed and a huge focus on armpit hair huge focus on pussy hair huge focus mm-hmm. on leg hair mm-hmm. or really any just any body hair at all it does seem like those are kind of the three... but those are the three sites of yeah what are some yeah. other parts of the body oh there's so many interested in toes uh-huh. um toes arms like when when women have like thick arm hair. I always take lots of pictures of that. A uh, little upper lip, mustache, yeah. nipple hairs. I have really long nipple hairs. Um, treasure trail. Uh-huh. Um, That's but, like the hair between the belly button and, and, the, the, pubic, and the pubic hair. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so those are the, the main ones that people tend to have. But what then, about asshole hair? Oh yeah, oh yeah, asshole hair. That's yeah. kind of connected to pussy hair. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. ass hair. And even just like, um, I take a lot of pictures now of like when women have like, like the women that have le- uh, lighter hair, mm. sometimes it's hard to see, so what I'll do is I'll backlight it, mm. so you can just see the fuzz from the back of the, mm. like, the sun coming through the fuzz on their legs and stuff. As always, Why Are People Into That is produced and hosted by yours truly, Tina Horn. Until next time, I'll be preparing whatever you want for breakfast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 